Good evening, everyone. It's uh, a great joy to be with you this evening uh, to be able to come and share with you. Um, as has been mentioned, my name is James, James Rosendale. Uh, I attend Crown Lane Free Methodist Church, uh, not, too, not too far away. And uh, yeah, I work at Capray Hall. It's a great joy to be able to work there um, and work with the students. I work out on the grounds and in the sports department, um, and I absolutely love it there. It's a, a fantastic place. A fantastic job, and it's a privilege to be able to work there. And I was saying to, to Derek before, it doesn't really feel like a job um, to, to be able to, to work there. But it's yeah, it's great to be with you uh, this evening. Um, and this evening we're going to spend some time looking at the book of Jonah. Um, so we'll, uh, we'll turn to that in a moment. I'll just pray uh, before we, we study God's word together. Yeah, Father God, thank you that we can be here together this evening. Thank you that we are able to meet uh, in freedom uh, and, and freely study your word. And I pray, Father, this evening you would just help us. Uh, help us as we, as we look at your word, Father, that, that all that is said and thought would be from you, Father. Uh, that I, your, your humble servant, uh, would just share, share what you want, Father, that it would all be from you. Uh, that none of it would be from me. So just help us, help us in this time now, help to still hearts and minds, Father, to focus solely on you. And I pray that you'll just be glorified in and through this time. And I pray these things in your name. Amen. Yeah, so as I said, it's great to be with you uh, this evening and a, a privilege to be able to come and to share with you and to study the gospel this evening. Uh, and this evening, I want to spend some time looking at mission uh, and, and its aftermath and, and kind of life itself uh, and, and how life has its ups and its downs uh, and, and how we all face different challenges and troubles and, and highs and lows along the way. Um, and, and this is a passage that I, I studied not so long since with the students at Cape and Ray uh, who themselves had recently been out on mission. They'd just done their, their eight-day outreach. Um, and, and as I studied this passage, I, I found it a really good reminder for myself to remind me where my eyes need to be fixed, uh, where I should be focusing uh, during mission, uh, during life uh, and the aftermath of mission itself uh, and how in life and in mission it can affect us all very differently um, and how we can all feel very different ways uh, through that and how that is, that is okay and that is valid. Um, your mission and, and life can be very different for all of us, can't it? You know, we've just heard as, as we've been praying how there's all sorts of different things uh, affecting different people, uh, both the highs of life and, and the lows of life. Um, and it, it, yeah, life affects us all very differently, um, and we all we all have very different giftings in mission as well, don't we? We all have wildly different experiences on mission as well, even in the space of perhaps a, a few days or, or a few weeks. Um, you know. Life and mission has those wonderful highs uh, as well as those terrible lows. And life with Jesus, the walk with Jesus is not a, a simple one, it is not an easy one, and nor was it promised to be that way. Now back in January, um, I went away with Sports Reach for the weekend. As you may know, they have their, their weekend away uh, every year. Um, and Jonathan Holsey was speaking, I'm sure you You'll all know who Jonathan is, um, the former managing director at Cape and Ray. 
Uh, and in one of his talks, he, he gave an illustration, um, and I'm stealing it because I think it's a really good illustration. Now, how many of you this evening could tell me what an electrocardiogram is? How many of you know what one of those is? Um, or, or more commonly known as, a, as an ECG? Um, so it's what is attached to you um, when they want to check your heart rate and, and some other things. Um, you know, what would you expect if you, were, you know, if we were to bring Christy up the front tonight and attach that monitor to him, that ECG to him? What, what would you expect to see? You know, you, you would expect to see a line, wouldn't you? And, and what sort of a what sort of a line would you expect to see? You'd, you'd expect to see a line going up and down, up and down, wouldn't you? And, and what does that indicate to the person who is reading the ECG? That tells you that, that thankfully, that that person is alive. Thank goodness. Um, but what if there's a flat line? What does that mean? You know, that it means that there is no life present, doesn't it? Uh, and, and that's what it's like in the life that we live. Uh, it's full of the ups and the downs, the ups and the downs. Uh, there are those highest of highs, but there are also those lowest of lows. And, and you know, it's a good sign to have those peaks and those troughs, to see the line going up and down. Because you know that you're living. You know that you've got life. Because, of course, it's no life at all if it's a flat line. And I don't know about you, but but I find I come closer to God. My relationship with God develops all the more through those tough times, through those rocky patches, when you see him working in and through situations. Earlier this year, uh, I was going through one of those rocky patches, one of those Tough times, and I can remember vividly being sat in one of the vehicles at Cape and Ray, thinking, you know, how am I going to get through this? What am I going to do? And all I could do in that moment was just lay it all on God, was just say, look, God, I can't do this, but you can. And he did, and he, God carried me through that time. You know, as I, as I studied this passage and I thought about this sermon, as I considered mission, how I... Uh, as I considered uh, life and, and how it can affect us and how it can affect us all differently, even in the space, even in the short space of time. I, I was reminded about um, some sports reach tours that I did a couple of years ago. Uh, now, this particular summer, I ended up going to Austria and to France with sports reach. Now, the Austria trip was quite a last minute thing. Um, it was a couple of weeks beforehand, and they still needed a couple of players. Uh, to make the tour work and so I was asked to go on the tour Uh, and at that point let me tell you that that time on tour was probably some of the best days of my life up to that point the best 10 days of my life it was a a really wonderful time uh, out there in Austria and I went not really knowing anyone who was going apart from the sports reach guys Um, and I left dear friends with, with those people especially with one guy who five years later I get the privilege of being an usher at his wedding later this year. You know, I didn't expect that tour to be such a blessing. If I'm honest, I probably was going for the football, if, if anything. Uh, and yet it was. It was such a spiritual high. My heart was so full as I travelled home. And yet, not long after that, when I went on tour uh, to France, things couldn't have been more different. This was a tour that I wanted to go on. This was a tour that I was looking forward to. 
This was a tour that all my friends were going on. And yet it was the toughest tour. There were some really hard days out there. And it was such a massive contrast, that spiritual high in Austria to that spiritual low in France. They were wildly different times. And yet mission and sharing the gospel makes us all feel very different ways. We'll all feel very differently uh, in the aftermath of a mission. But as I studied this passage, it was such a good reminder, no matter what we are facing both in life and as we share the gospel, we are to fix our eyes on Jesus no matter what. No matter what. And all that we do, we are to do it for him and for his glory. It says, doesn't it, in the, in the Bible, the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And I was reminded of that passage a couple of weeks ago. Now at Crown Lane we, we have run a, a Saturday morning uh, football club. Um, the idea is they come along, we, we play some football with them, we teach them some, some drills and then we share the gospel with them afterwards. And at that point there hadn't been many children coming along. Uh, and, and that morning itself, I, I was setting up by myself, um, and I was, I was stood there as I was putting the goal together, thinking, is this worth it? Is this really worth it? You know, I'm plenty busy enough. I'm busy at work, I'm busy outside of work with different things. Do I really have the time for it? Do I really have the energy for it? You know, is it worth running it with only two or three children coming along? But that morning, I, I was really taught a lesson by God, as, as is always a way when you, you grumble and groan to yourself. You know, that morning we had a good number of children come along. There was a few more about to help. And it was a really good and blessed time. And at the end of it, those children heard the gospel. And that was the most important thing. Those children heard the gospel. And who knows what that, gospel, what that message uh, will do in the future. And it was such a, a good reminder to me to fix my eyes on Christ no matter what. No matter how I feel in myself, fix my eyes on Christ. You know, it's not about what I think. It's not about what I want. It's all for the kingdom. It's all for God's glory. And as I've said this evening, I, I want to spend some time looking at someone who went out on mission, who saw people saved, who saw God at work and yet in the aftermath of that they were broken they were completely broken they were bitter and they were disheartened you know they Jonah saw God save somewhere around 120,000 people and yet they were disheartened he lost sight of the ultimate goal and if you take anything away this evening I implore you not to do that I implore you not to lose sight of the ultimate goal, not to lose sight of Jesus in and through all that is going on. Because that is what Jonah did. And so let's just read through uh, Jonah chapter 4 now. We'll read the whole chapter. And it says this, But to Jonah this seemed very wrong, and he became angry. He prayed to the Lord, Isn't this what I said, Lord, when I was still at home? That is what I tried to forestall by fleeing to Tarshish. I knew that you are, you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love, 
a God who relents from sending calamity. Now, Lord, take away my life, for it is better for me to die than to live. But the Lord replied, Is it right for you to be angry? Jonah had gone out and sat down at a place east of the city. There he made himself a shelter, sat in its shade and waited to see what would happen to the city. Then the Lord God provided a leafy plant and made it grow up over Jonah to give shade for his head to ease his discomfort and Jonah was very happy about the plant. But at dawn the next day God provided a worm which chewed the plant so that it withered. When the sun rose God provided a scorching east wind and the sun blazed on Jonah's head so that he grew faint. He wanted to die and said it will be better for me to die than to live. But God said to Jonah, Is it right for you to be angry about the plant? It is, he said, and I'm so angry I wish I were dead. But the Lord said, You have been concerned about this plant, though you did not tend to it or make it grow. It sprang up overnight and died overnight. And should I not have concern for the great city of Nineveh, in which there are more than 120,000 people who cannot tell their right hand from their left, and also many animals. And as I studied that passage, there were really three bullet points that jumped out in my mind for us to study this evening. First of all, it's okay to struggle. It's okay to struggle. Secondly, don't lose sight of the bigger goal. And thirdly, give it all over to God. And so in in mission and in life, it is okay to struggle. It's okay to admit that you are disheartened. It's not the sign of a weak Christian. It's not the sign of a poor evangelist. We all go through moments like that. There are times where I have shared in the past, where I have done mission in the past, and I've been disheartened during it and after it. That I have not enjoyed the work but ultimately you know it's all for God it's all for his glory you know in mission the the ultimate goal is to share Jesus and to see people come to know him isn't it Uh, and it's a real thrill when that does happen but you know the measure of success in mission and in outreach is not the number of people that you see saved you know you could have a hundred people pray A prayer of commitment off the cuff, caught up in the moment perhaps. And yeah, that's wonderful to see that many people saved. But seeing one person saved and truly saved, going on with Jesus, now that, that brings great joy. Now I must add hastily before I perhaps get thrown out of here as a heretic, I am not saying that you don't want to see people saved on mission because of course that is what you are there to do. You are there to share the life-changing gospel of Jesus. But what I am really trying to say is that the number doesn't matter. You think of the parable of the sower. The seed needs to fall on fertile ground to grow and to grow well. And that seed, it, it may grow quickly or it may take a long time, but that seed has been sown. And one day in heaven... We will find out. You may have no idea how your witness, how your testimony will have impacted on a person. And that seed 
quietly planted, may well bring a fruitful harvest. So be the aroma of Christ, wherever you may be. And whether you see immediate fruit or not, you know, the seed has been and is being planted. And that seed will change lives. Of that, there can be no doubt. Now that seed, it might take a week, it might take a month, it might take years to come to fruit. But that seed has been sown. And there were two people that came into my mind as I thought about this sermon, as I thought about the parable of the sower. You know, thinking about the seed being planted in their lives. They had the gospel shared in their hearts week after week after week. Month after month and for years. And it took years for that seed in their heart to come to fruit, for them to realise their need of Jesus. But that seed did come to fruit. And there were instances in their life where people had impacted on them without them even knowing. And it could be the same for you here this evening. You may have left an imprint on someone's life without knowing. So yes, mission is tough. Yes, life is tough. And yes, sharing Christ can be tough. But just in how we live and and how we are can be enough to show who Jesus is I remember once somebody told me a quote, and it says, when you tell the world you are a Christian, you are watched with an ever closer eye. And if people know that we are Christians and we are proclaiming that fact, how much more closely we are going to be watched because we say that. And how we act, whether, you know, when trouble comes our way, if we're in the supermarket and someone's making mistakes Are we gracious in how we act towards them? If they know who we are, if they know that we are a Christian. Because you know, if we we act like the world does, that's not attractive. That's not going to draw people to Christ. And yes, it is okay to be disheartened as well in mission. It is okay to be overwhelmed. But never lose sight of the fact that Christ can and is and will be working. And be encouraged by that this evening. You know, Jonah had a, a wonderful, wonderful mission. He saw many, many people saved and yet he still struggled. He was still disheartened. He'd had that mega high and now he'd hit this mega low. And throughout our walks with God we will all have those moments. Perhaps, I, I hope, not to the extreme of Jonah wanting to die. But we will all have struggles. The devil will attack. Especially after a time wholly devoted to God. He will be waiting to pounce. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy the devil prowls around like a roaring lion. Looking for someone to devour. Don't lose sight of Jesus. Don't lose sight of that bigger goal. And as we read through Jonah chapter 4. We see that that is what Jonah did. God had sent Jonah to Nineveh, the capital of the Assyrian Empire at that time. Now the Assyrians were the enemies of Judah and of Israel, which which kind of goes some way to explaining Jonah's reticence in sharing the gospel with them and his upset at them being saved. These people were Jonah's sworn enemies. He hated these people. He really 
hated them. And in fact, the word that Jonah uses in the original Hebrew is considered really incredibly strong. He was genuinely and seriously angry at what God had done. He wanted God to destroy the city like God had said he would. He wanted these people dead. That was how he felt about these people. He'd lost sight of the bigger goal. He had forgotten that though these people were his sworn enemies, they were also children of God, just like him. They deserved God's salvation just as much as Jonah did, which of course was not at all. And if anything, Jonah, like us today, deserved what was coming to Nineveh. Nineveh is a a wonderful um, pre-Jesus example of God's salvation story, of a people who don't deserve salvation being given salvation, taking that offer of forgiveness from a God who loves them dearly. And Jonah had lost sight of that. He kept his eyes on his earthly convictions. Namely that he wanted these people destroyed. And what a lesson that is for us. You know, don't lose sight of the bigger goal. Rejoice in all that is going on around us when we see that God is working. It might not be how we expect it to be or how we perhaps want it to be. But it's not about us. It's not about what we want. It's not about what we expect it to happen. It's about the bigger picture. It's about, it's about the fact that people need Christ. People need saving. It's not about us. It's all for Jesus. And ultimately God doesn't need us, does he? You know, he doesn't need our help. God could do it without us. But God delights in using us. You know, and we see uh, God forgive the Assyrian people. We have seen God forgive Jonah for his troubles. And we need to remember today that a key part of our relationship with Jesus, of being a follower of Jesus, is that we too forgive. That when we are wronged or when we are hurt, when someone does something that we don't like, when someone offends us, yes, it is hurtful. And uh, And it's not always easy to forgive and I'm not trying to downplay that. But that is what we need to do. That is a biblical example that is set before us. That is the Christ-like example set before us. Not to quarrel or to argue. We have a common factor that links us all. We are all brothers and sisters in Christ sat here this evening. We are that first and foremost. And as we emerge from these COVID times and as we rebuild the church and the, and the work that we do, you know, let's remember that. Let's rebuild the church in a different way. That remember that our primary focus is to share the gospel, is to share Jesus with who we can. You know, and if we have those gripes and those upsets within, let's look to remedy that. To remember the bigger picture, to be focused on Christ in all that we do and leave everything else behind. Leave it all at the cross of Jesus and we can forgive because Christ forgave us, setting us a Christ 
like example. Now back in March, um, unfortunately, I, had, I broke down and it was a, a real pain. Um, I was on my way to football, to play football, um, and my gearbox gave up on me. Uh, and it was a bit of a nightmare, really. Um, and there were, there were warning signs there. It was making a funny noise. And I, I'd been at church in the morning at, at the Saturday football. I'd driven home. I needed a few bits from, from home. And then I was driving into Preston to play football. Uh, and, and as I pulled out of the drive at home, there was a great big pool of oil on the driveway. Now, that should have been a warning sign to me, shouldn't it, really? That my car wasn't suitable to drive. But, you know, I thought I knew best. I had my eyes fixed on the football match. That was all I was bothered about at that moment. And unfortunately, I I broke down in the middle of Preston. I don't know how well you know Preston, but uh, on the A6, going towards the Royal Preston Hospital. So, you know, a nice, quiet place of Preston. I I decided to break down. Um, And and my car was right in the way, and I had to push it off onto the pavement, and thankfully a, a man stopped to help me. I was still in my football boots, so I was sliding all over the place like Bambi. Um, but uh, I went and played my football match and then I thought, right, I'll deal with that later. And so that evening uh, I had the RAC come out to me and, and tow me away. And the mechanic told me all I needed to do was keep my eyes fixed on the sticker on the back of his van. And, and, and it was right in the middle. And it was a, a CCTV in operation sticker. And he told me if I keep my eyes fixed on that sticker, everything would be okay. And that, in that moment, it was such a reminder to me of how that is the same with Jesus. How we need to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus as well. To not lose sight of him. Because sometimes in life and, and in mission, we, we can, can't we? You know, and I kept my eyes fixed on that sticker on the back of that van. And he got me there safely to the mechanics. You know, and, and, and when we keep our eyes fixed on our Saviour, it is the best thing that we can do to keep our eyes on Christ in all. Because Jonah, he took his eyes off Christ. He lost his way and we too will lose our way if we take our eyes away from Jesus. Now, I don't know about you, when I read Jonah chapter 4, um, I find the account of the plant a little bit confusing. It, it On the surface, it doesn't quite make sense why it's in there. But again, it it teaches us about God. And it teaches us about ourselves. About how we act in the aftermath of mission. About how we act in our lives. You know, mission and life, it's not about us. It's not really about what we want. It's about sharing the gospel. It's about bringing glory to God. And I stand here this evening as a humble servant of the Most High, sharing not my words but His. All that we do is to be given over to God, all praise and honour and glory. We are to rely on God in all circumstances, in all things, and that is what we are told in Mark chapter 6. Wear sandals but not an extra shirt. Whenever you enter a house, stay there until you leave that town. And if any place will not welcome you or listen to you, Leave that place and shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. You know, we are to go and to share the gospel. We are to share it for as long as we can. And if we aren't welcome, we are to leave that place. Leave the work where it is. 
to rely on and to focus on God, to trust in his guiding hands, to trust in his timing and to look to the bigger goal. And that was Jonah's problem. He'd lost sight of the bigger goal. He'd focused on the wrong things. And however we are feeling this evening, wherever we are at, we need to focus on God. God's ways are right and just. Even if we don't understand them, even if we don't like them, it is right uh, for us to trust in God. And it is right for us to be honest with how, that we, with how we are feeling, to tell one another how we are going on this evening so that we can be praying for one another. You know, what a, a privilege it was to be able to sat there, to be able to be sat there before as you prayed for members of your church. You know, so we can pray for one another, so we can support one another. You know, Jonah's heart was in the wrong place. He went out of the city to find shelter in the hope that he might watch that city burn. And God provided Jonah shelter. He gave him the plant to cover his head. Then that plant withered and died and Jonah was furious again. And ultimately Jonah's feelings were fleshly. He had lost sight of what was important. And what was that? It was to do it all for God. It was to give it all over to God. He had worldly, fleshly things in his sight, on his mind. Jonah was upset, he was concerned about the loss of that plant. And that ultimately was just a, a little thing. He was furious about that and he was more upset about that than seeing 120,000 people perish. You know, and the Ninevites were made in God's image. And regardless of who they were as a people group, they were God's children. They were made in his image. God wanted to see them turn back to him and it was a wonderful thing to see them do so. And when we see people turn To Christ, that is what we need to focus on. That is what we need to rejoice in. That someone has turned to to Christ. And that is a wonderful thing. And it says in Acts chapter 10, I now realise how true it is that God does not show favouritism, but accepts from every nation the one who fears him and does what is right. You know the message God sent to the people of Israel, announcing the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. And what a joy and what a privilege it is to be used by God. Let us not forget that this evening. Let us not lose sight of that this evening. We have a great privilege to get to share his gospel. And God wants everyone in every nation from every tongue and tribe and nation to hear. It says in Romans, how then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. You know, when we go out and when we share the gospel, it is encouraging to remember that we have been sent, that we will preach, that people will hear and people will believe. Let us take heart from that simple fact this evening the very basis of all that we do we can share the gospel that gospel can 
and will change lives. So yes, in the aftermath of mission, yes, in life itself it is okay to feel different ways. It is okay to be different places on the ECG. But make sure you don't lose sight of the bigger goal. Don't focus on the plant leaf. Give it all over to God. Focus on him and his work. Because it's not for our glory. It's for God's glory. It's not about what we've done or we will do. About what we've said or what we have shared. It's about sharing the gospel all for God's glory. You'll keep a simple fix on Christ and build from there. Building on Christ, you cannot go wrong. Let's pray. Father God, thank you uh, for this time together this evening. Thank you for the reminder to keep our eyes fixed and focused on you. And I pray, Father, this evening for for each person here, wherever they may be at their their walk with you, whether they are uh, on a high or on a low, I pray that you'll just help us to fix our eyes on you. And I pray, uh, Father, as well, to help us to be honest as a church body, to be honest about how we are feeling, about where we are at. And as a church, we can uh, help us to, to um, help and support one another, to build one another up, to edify one another in all that goes on. I just pray for this time that we have spent together this evening, Father, that you would have been uh, in and through it all, that you had been at the centre, that you have been glorified in and through all that has been uh, said, Father. Take away anything that should not have been said, Father. And help us just to focus on you. And I pray these things in your name. Amen.